2: Hi everybody, Jeremy here from Sick Boy Podcast And uh, happy holidays everybody uh, If you celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate Hanukkah, if you celebrate Kwanzaa If you celebrate any of the other holidays around this time of year that I don't know about I hope you're having the happiest of all of them um, But before we throw it to this week's special episode I wanted to just throw something out there Some show dates, but this is not for Sick Boy This is for the other podcast that I host alongside with my wife, Bridie McLean. The podcast is called Turn Me On Podcast. If you've never heard about it, it's a show that me and my wife do every single Wednesday. And on Turn Me On, we sit down with a variety of different people, just like we do with Sick Boy. But instead of talking about what it's like to be sick, we talk about what it's like to be a sexual being in the year 2000 and whatever year we're in right now. Um, and uh, it's it's a really fun show. We have lots of fun with it. Uh, we've, we've spoken to a lot of really interesting people, and it's very sexy. Lots of sexy times. Anyway, we're doing some live shows, <clears throat> and this is new for us. <clears throat> wow, should have cleared your throat before you started this, Jer. Uh, this is new for us. We're going to be doing live shows in Ottawa and Toronto, and we're going to be recording some episodes in Montreal. So tickets are on sale right now for a live show at Algonquin College, a place that I am now familiar with. Uh, Sick Boy has done a couple of live shows there. We, We love it there. So thank you, Algonquin, for having us. That's January 17th. And we're also doing a live show at Entertainment One, the headquarters in downtown Toronto on January 18th. And tickets for both of those shows are now on sale. Just go to www.turnmeonpodcast.com slash shows. And and we'd love to see your beautiful faces out there. I know that there's a lot of Sick Boy listeners that have also sort of translated over to the Turn Me On podcast community. So uh, come out and see us. Come out and see what we're up to. Also, I should say, you know, we do have a Sick Boy show coming up. It's actually before both of those shows, January 7th here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And it's a massive show. And we sold that puppy out in a couple of days. And we are so elated. Halifax, we love you. We couldn't speak more highly of you. We think you're the greatest. Um, Having said that, I'm going to throw it to this week's episode. This is really special. Me, Taylor, Brian, we were in, in New York not too long ago working on somebody else's podcast. A completely separate project that has nothing to do with Sick Boy. And while we were there, we figured, <clears throat> hey, let's record with uh, a guest here in New York. And um, we found probably one of the most lovely guests we could have found. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. So we will see you all on the other side. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what
2: it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Laura. She has epidermolytic hyperkeratosis.
0: Let's talk about
4: it. How did mine headphones
2: Um Well, this is uh, this is a treat. It's really so one of my favorite things when we travel is All of the, like, bizarre and interesting and varied recording setups. And this is, we're no stranger to recording in in, uh, hotel rooms. But it's been a while. It's been a little while. Mm. But it's the first time we recorded in a hotel room
1: with a view of New York City. Now, what body of water are we looking at over there? That, what is that?
2: That is the that is the uh, the Brooklyn uh, 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 conf- the Brooklyn Con- confluence. <laughs> yeah, the Hudson's River. Is that the Hudson River? I don't know. Is that the Hudson? <laughs> what is that? Is that the Hudson? What's happening over
1: there?
4: Uh, is that New Jersey? Come right
2: up on that, mic. Nice and close. Nice and tight. <laughs>
4: Uh, let's see over here. This person I'm trying to. My compass is all screwed up. Uh, I believe we are looking at the Hudson River, though. That leads cool. into the Hudson Bay down by the uh, by the financial district. I That's knew where my it. boy uh, landed that that plane. Oh,
1: that you and Su- you and Sully are pretty tight.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That That's, was a movie, right? Or uh, that was a real story, true story though, too, right?
1: Yeah. it, mm-hmm. uh, Sully or Hank?
2: Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> what?
1: Uh, you know, Tom Tommy, Hanks. Tommy boy, guys, cool. we are
2: off to a horrible start. <laughs> uh, we're in New York city and this is really fucking exciting. And we're sitting down with our, our first guest of New York of all time. Oh, Laura.
4: Wow. I, I feel super special. Um, to feel like I need like a gold star or something to commemorate this moment. Well, can we, we, can, we, 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 we have on on the, the concierge
2: print one up, uh, on your way out. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Um, uh, but so I want to, uh, first off, I want to start by a, I don't know anything about why you came up here, why you're here. So, so we're, so we're really off to a good start, but I did notice that when you walked in, you had a cane. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your cane.
4: Uh, technically it's a recent addition because the one I had previously kind of snapped in half in my hands and I found out it was made out of a dowel rod, not oak, as I was previously told. Oh, a
2: dowel no. rod.
4: Yeah. Oh, okay. I was not too happy about that. So this one was mahogany and ash. I did a lot of research and guaranteed to withstand up to five hundred pounds of pressure because clearly I'm gonna bench press with this. Um yeah, but actually. more of a guarantee that it's not going to get caught or busted in anything. Um The cane overall is a recent addition to my life just because um, in the last year or so, especially since um, dating my current partner, I've kind of had an epiphany about my disorder, which is that um, I don't have to stiff upper lip it all the time.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what is your disorder? What's, Mm -hmm. what are you, what are you uh, working with? Like by definition?
4: (laughs) Well, as we always say here, you know, I'll try to be as right as possible, but if you are a doctor, fuck it, don't care. I'll do as best I can. And oftentimes actually I found that I am more informed than more doctors. So that's always fun. Um, So my disorder, the actual scientific name of this and careful, this is a good word on the Scrabble board is epidermolytic hyperkeratosis.
1: Is that epi- I did. I think Derby I. Leading? I think I got that once in Scrabble. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. four hundred and fifty thousand points yeah, I, yeah they literally
1: we just we just shut the
0: game <laughs> so, down the board blew up yeah is that one word
4: that is two words epidermolytic which if you break down the word it basically means that it's the topmost layers and it starts at birth and hyperkeratosis which by its definition basically means that I overproduce keratin on my skin because I lack a protein that gives it elasticity and basically makes it uh, non-humectant which for gobbledygook's sake means I can't maintain moisture
2: whoa okay so um, I can see your your elbow from here
4: yeah
2: and or the inner arm whoa look at that okay so your arm uh I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess that you're familiar with a game of Thrones
4: um roughly yeah it kind of does remind me of like the stone scale disease yeah, yeah yeah you
2: look like um what's his name's daughter had it uh, and they had fucking kept her locked up. Poor I, can't little remember, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm grateful right to she's, say that it's not in my fate.
4: I mean, I am a freak. So basically, you know, <laughs> the carnival sideshow reptile ladies ain't got shit on me. Yeah. Cause it, it does look very re-
2: reptilian. I mean, it, you're, you're looking at your knuckles and your your wow. Wow. It does look like, um, it doesn't look like human skin mm-hmm. like that. Like, can I touch yeah, it? Is absolutely. Okay? Yeah, please. Wow. Wow, look at that. And so that's. I didn't know oh, that we would get to catch that, uh, our guests today. <laughs> we
4: usually first, don't. First time's free, kid. You got to pay. Yeah, in our hotel room.
2: <laughs> Overlooking the Hudson River confluence. Um, uh,
4: <laughs> so,
2: this is due to your body not retaining moisture? Is that.
4: That's part of the problem. So, basically. <sighs> um, it is what's known as a autosomal dominant disorder. So that means, once again, sure, of course. Like I said, once again, I have done more research than most dermatologists I've gone to. So I'm the one that has to be armed with all this information. Uh, You're then, really great
2: with the words. Like oh, I well, thank you, you. They just, they, they just, l- they, You said it so fast that <laughs> I, like, it, I just laughed at how much I didn't catch any of it. Wait, can you can you say it again? Let's say really? all the big words from the start up to now. Okay, so
4: then Dermolymic, it would be D- dermatolytic epidermolytic
0: Bingo. Hyperkeratosis.
4: Hey, there you go. I'm going super
0: Epidermolytic hyperkeratosis. That was really it good. Sounds, it sounds like, uh, what's a rhyming woman? Oh, I know. <laughs> but, uh, it's basically
4: epidermolytic hyperkeratosis, even right. though the sound of it is rather quite atrocious. Yeah, no, yeah. i practice
0: this forever. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wait, what just happened?
4: <laughs> uh, what, what's her name with the Mary Poppins. Ladies? Mary Poppins. Poppins? Yeah. yeah. yeah right. it, it actually works kind of eerily too well.
2: Super <laughs> califragilistic <laughs> Oh, so
4: close. close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I fuck it up? That was close. <laughs> Close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, an autosomal dominant disorder in genetics, because actually, I was going to go into genetic engineering if art wasn't my bigger calling. Um, so I am a storyteller first, mm. a mad food scientist second, and a genetic biology nut third.
2: You should also be a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, Uh, you got some good flow. You you just said you're a mad food scientist. I mean, that sound like that sounds like a rapper, like sort of nickname. Uh, Uh, We've met a lot of mad food scientists, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) 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 She's got that super califragilistic supercalifragilisticexpialidocious shit going (laughs) on. Well, you nailed it that time. We have a lot to unpack now. (laughs) This episode is so silly. (laughs) Okay, so so So
4: basically what it means is that um, you only need one copy of the defective gene for it to be present. So there are no carriers. You either have it or you don't.
2: What if you have two copies uh,
4: that means you've had two parents who have this which means you are doubly guaranteed to have this problem so you're gonna
2: have you're not like it's, it's so you know with cf it's like um cystic fibrosis is one parent has the gene mm-hmm. um but but only one side of the gene the other parent has has one part of the gene and then they more often than not will create one with two parts and they have
4: it but even if you have one part of the gene which is your case. Mm -mm. What you have is what's called a recessive disorder. Uh You need two parts of it to make it a complete piece. Yeah. Okay. I, on the other hand, am a package deal. I just get it once, and then congratulations, you have it for the rest of your life, as far as we know. So,
0: wait, so if you were going to have kids, then is there a 100% chance, or it's just...
4: 50-50. Okay. So, my brother, for example, I have an older brother. He does not have it. Um, I have an aunt. She and her family, they don't have it, but me and my mother... Uh, we both have this disorder.
2: Wow. Okay, so so it's genetic, which means mm-hmm. you're born with it. Yep, day um, one. And you, so you've is – it, is it something that has been present your entire life or is it late onset kind of like
4: – So the day I was actually born, um, my mother told me that uh, my skin was actually so fragile that if you were to just like gently put your fingers across it, it would have taken up at least three layers of skin. Oh, Whoa. so for Whoa. the f- for the first six months or first six weeks or six months, I believe it was six weeks of my life. Um, I spent in a uh, neonatal ward in Manhasset Hospital. Uh, I couldn't even wear diapers. Apparently, I was Whoa. just on a sheepskin. You poor little thing. I mean, you know, I mean, that's kind of it probably comfy. explains why I love sheepskins. Yeah, yeah.
2: kind <laughs> I guess I just bought some sheepskin um, inserts for my mm-hmm. blundstones.
0: I'm imagining that Damn, so. your your mm-hmm. skin was like see-through was it is it is it like that thin like is or is it just that it's really like um uh susceptible to like you know deteriorating as it as it gets touched?
4: uh kind of low-nose-dos. No, low <laughs> um, because my skin itself is kind of um because uh my I don't know if you guys are aware of the spoon theory by any chance. Uh, you know, what? I've I've seen a lot of
2: people engage with us through our Instagram and, mm-hmm. and social media hashtag like Spoonies, mm-hmm. and I I've never known what it is, but they, but it, they're a very vocal community, mm-hmm. and I've always just kind of been like, hey, cool. There's this whole community of people that that really dig (laughs) sick boy and they call themselves spoonies, but I have no idea what what it is.
4: So the spoon theory originally came from a blog about a girl who had lupus and it was, um, well, you don't look sick. And she Mm -hmm. was trying to tell her friend what it's like to live with lupus because her friend, very straightforward, was just like, well, you don't look like you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the story goes, and pardon me, I'm paraphrasing this, uh, is that she grabbed a bunch of spoons because they were in like a diner or cafe or something like that. And she gave them all to her friend. She goes, here you go. Here's your spoons for the day. And there's like six spoons in there. Her friend's like, all right, I'll go along with this. Uh, and she says, well, what do you do in the morning? And she says, well, the first thing I do is wake up. And she goes, because of my lupus, I had a really crap night of sleep last night. So I'm not feeling too you know, energized. So lose a spoon. She's like, okay, what do you do next? Well, I go take a shower. Well, because it hurts so much, it takes forever for you to get to the shower and then try to navigate through the shower, so now you lose another spoon. Now what? I go make breakfast. On the second floor? No, I go downstairs. Lose another spoon because it takes forever to get downstairs. Now, because you're exhausted, but you've kind of prepped yourself for the day, do you use the extra energy that you have to make breakfast for yourself and try to maybe gain back a spoon, or do you just kind of skip it and hang on to what you have left? Because all you've got left now is like three spoons for the rest of the day, which is basically like your physical and mental capacity to do stuff. Now you can burn through them and regret it tomorrow or you can try to hoard them but not finish your tasks for today. So it becomes basically resource allocation for your physical and mental well-being.
0: Super interesting. Holy mm.
4: shit. I, oh, wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, so people who have these... <laughs> invisible illnesses, or or identify and relate to that story in some capacity, then they would they would call themselves a spoonie.
4: In a sense, yeah. Um, in my case, definitely. Uh, the rituals that I have to take to get enough spoons to do something like this. Um, I was literally up until three a.m. last night just to make sure that I could move around and get to you guys. Actually, because the cold is lacking moisture in the air and it's freezing. So basically, what happens is that. Um, because I have no way to really insulate myself, because I lose so much moisture, uh, I dehydrate very quickly. My skin will become very uh, tightly stretched to the point where it will crack wow, yeah. or peel or bleed. Yeah. Um, So like, for example, is that what that looked like your wrist right now? Is that, is that, that's after by cracking or that's, this is after prep before prep is something closer to like the corner of my elbow right here where it's dry, it's ashy. Right. Um, It flakes, it's painful. Is is the winter, is,
1: is it like, what is the, what is the degree of difference from, you know, like the humidest of days and the most humid of days in the summer to, you know, January (laughs) where, where most people's lips are cracking.
4: Yeah. Um, Funny enough, uh, I can't win in either extreme because Mm -hmm. what will happen in the summertime is because there's so much moisture in the air, uh, my skin will basically suck it all up and whatever excess it cannot handle, it will just fall off. So I shed a lot in the winter and I shed a lot in the summer. The question is, how wet is it? (laughs) Right, right. So um, even... Last night, uh, I had to spend maybe about two or three hours in the shower just so that I could get enough moisture in me to get to you guys, uh, including getting all of this off because it's all over my body. Um, It's Mm. all of my skin, but uh, it reacts to friction mostly because it's the body's response to basically – producing armor for lack of a better word yeah yeah right so joints are going to be the most obvious areas first and then there's other areas like the bends in my neck the bends in my side um the curve between my lip and my chin will often start having stuff congregate so i literally have to take like a pumice stone and just be like be gone and And just
2: rub your fucking face yeah like how painful is that yeah
4: ow um there have been times where i've rubbed it so hard i've cut myself um there have been times where Uh, It never occurred to me last night until I realized I was going to be on this podcast um, to actually kind of just document the process. So I kind of just took pictures last night of like each step where it was basically, you know, soap, wash off, scrub, wash off, scrub again because you missed a few spots. And then Mm -hmm. like one kind of thing and another kind of soap and this, that and the other because the other issue with my skin is that it's, um, it can be a pricey disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Like I
2: was going to say, you, you, you know, I'm thinking about like moisturizers and stuff like that and, uh, and that shit can get expensive, but
1: does it even work? Does that even work? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure you, you probably, do you need, is it, do you get prescription moisturizing and shit like that or what?
4: I wish the best prescriptions out there, and I say best with quotation marks because each disorder in the family of disorders that I come from, which is the ichthyosis family of disorders, um, it has to be dealt with differently per case. In mine, uh, basically about 80 to 90 percent of all commercial products don't work on me. So I have to get special shampoos. I have to get special uh, creams because lotion is a joke. Like what s- kinds right. of
2: creams and shampoos? Like when you say special, you don't mean like Celsin blue off the off the counter.
4: Can't use it because it has sodium lauryl sulfate, which basically is a giant salt. And that's the worst thing you could put on <laughs> my hair or right, my skin. Right. Anything.
2: So when you say special types of shampoo, like what kind of shampoo?
4: Uh, the only commercial brand that I have found that works for me is Garnier Whole Blend, or basically, oh, I st- interesting. It's, it's the only one that works, and it's the strangest thing ever because everything else is like, oh, my hair feels like straw. And
0: yeah. that's why we're really uh, proud to have them as a sponsor of this sick And now we're going to throw to our commercial break right here, uh,
2: brought to you by Garnier. <laughs> it really is. It really is fascinating. I mean, you you, know, you talk
1: about like when. I mean, just pick any like super, super well-known um, disease or disorder out of a hat, and everybody goes. Well, I know, you know, I know a lot about that. And I know that that's really bad, and I and if you just say the word, then I, I. I get a sense of what, I get a sense of what you're going through, like Mm -hmm. cancer, whatever. Take cancer, for example, just like a a massively, you know, quote unquote popular. (laughs) It's the latest craze. It's the latest latest craze (laughs) in in health and illness. And, uh, and, and, and you say that word and and somebody goes, Oh, okay. I've got like, I've got a broad understanding of what that means. Mm -hmm. I understand. I, I, you know, I I know a little bit of treatment, whatever. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: When you start talking about that, about what you, what you've, what you have and what you've (laughs) dealt with on the very surface, it would be very easy for somebody to go, Oh, you have really dry skin and, and kind of like draw it at that and go, Oh, you have dry skin. So like you just moisturize all the time, but as you start to go, but as we, as you talk and you go, Oh, well it's, it's yes, it's, 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 (coughs) it's, it's dry skin and then like like layer after layer after layer of how that affects you in different ways. Kind of an like-
4: ironic metaphor you chose there, but go on. Layer after layer after layer. It's like if you just peel
1: the top layer, <laughs> the dermis, if you will. Hey, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, you, you start to realize like, man, there are just so, there are so many facets to something that, on surface level, again, no pun intended on the surface level thing. There. Oh no, intended, <laughs> please intended. But you, you, it seems so simple, and it could be, and I could see how it could be very, it could be written off very easily at first. Going, oh, you have you have very dry skin. I mean, how hard how hard can it be? Just use a bunch of moisturizer. <laughs> and then you, there's just so many facets to it, like the like what how you how you how you do everything, how you put on clothes, how you go to the shower. Like mm-hmm. every facet of your life is massively affected it, by
0: it. Is there was there a conversation because you said that your mom. Mm -hmm. live with this too so obviously she has navigated her entire life living with it and then and then growing up with you like a a parent is always trying to educate and pass on this information to their their children about what it's like to live and go through life and and was this a big part of what you talked about with your mom growing up like was there education and knowledge passed on about how to live with this condition
4: yes um a lot of it, however, is kind of interesting because, in a sense, I'm kind of retroactively teaching my mom just because, with the advent of new technologies, new sciences, new explorations. Mm. Um, mm coupled with just uh of voracious curiosity just for answers i mean i i can still remember in seventh grade when we were learning genetics i had all these punnett squares drawn in the corner trying to figure out what kind of illness was mine because we were talking about well maybe it's related to the sex chromosomes or it's not my professor would always just be like what are you doing i'm like i'm trying to figure out something leave me alone (laughs)
3: um
4: with my mother however um and P.S., if you ever get to listen to this, I love you, Mom, but I might <laughs> I might shit on a few things you taught me. Um, she had always taught me ways of taking care of my skin, but it was coupled with other problems that uh, she had faced and wished that I didn't face, which was social and cultural aspects. Mm. Because um, I Did remember... Did she have a hard time growing up? Very much so. Her... Yeah. Um, her skin is a little bit worse than mine, so the way that my knuckles look is basically how she looked from like the neck down for Holy the most fuck, for the most wow. part of her life.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's hard. People can't see it, but it, it is very. I mean, hearing you say that, I mean, looking at your knuckles or your wrist, it is. It's very. Um, it's very apparent that like yes. there's something going on with your skin,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, but looking at your, you know your your clavicle, like I don't see. Yeah. It's it's harder to see from here. I can't really tell. It's, you yeah. know, it looks pretty normal from here. Maybe on the top of your neck, yeah. but if it was like from your neck down, what your knuckles look like, that that's that would be hard. That would be really <laughs> hard to deal with.
4: There's a, 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 a ritual mom and I basically both do where she calls it an ugly bath. I call it my lizard thing where basically we just stay in the bathtub for like two and a half hours. Don't bother us. We'll bring a book or I'll watch a movie or something like that. But basically it's just get any excess skin that I don't need off me because it's just going to cause problems wow. and yeah. try to moisturize what is still remaining underneath. Is
1: is that is that – is like – you know soaking in the bath is that just a practice that's really helpful for your overall skin care
4: Very much so but it you know, like i said it'll normally take like 2 or 3 hours so i have to dedicate a day usually on the weekend just basically being like well i'm just going to sit here i claim this domain is mine
1: Right and what Well, why why the what is why all the time why the 3 why the 2 or 3 hour block like what is the what is the just because of the processes that go into that go into you know, like you said, like getting any excess skin off, mm-hmm. whatever, everything that you're that, that goes into the process of being in or prepping for. Or, it's just a soak. It's yeah. just like a long soak.
4: Well, it's funny why the, I, I, the two hour mark is kind of the, the the golden hour is because I actually did an experiment with this. Um, I really can't take quick showers. I can't just jump in and out because what will happen is my skin will start to go, oh, great, we're getting moisture. And then as soon as I stop, my skin will go, where the hell's the rest of it? You can't just stop us like that, dude. And then suddenly we'll insta dry.
1: Whoa. Oh so wow! So like in two
4: or three like, hours, what? it'll I'll suddenly look worse than I did before, right? And it's like, well, that was pointless, right? Is it <laughs> kind of
1: like, kind of like how when you get chopped lips, you start Oof. to lick your you start to lick your lips because mm-hmm. you think it's going to make it better, mm-hmm. but all of a, but you realize that it evaporates like that, and now your lips are ten times worse than they were two minutes ago? How many people listening right now just started
0: licking their fucking <laughs> lips?
1: I'm like, I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling yeah, it on yeah. my I'm lips right now. Right now, really
0: right now. Um, um, I, I want to come, come back, wait, though. Wait, but is anybody's face itchy right now? You no. You just want to uh, scratch no, your face? No, no. Just you. The top yeah, of my head's little a little itchy. Well, that's just the two <laughs> of you. Do you want to <laughs> touch your face? Oh, no, I'm fine. I did
4: all my scratching last night after I scraped it all time.
0: One time, this is just a quick aside, but one time my dad made a bet with my brother and I, and he said, I'll pay you guys uh, $100 if you can go an hour without touching your face. Huh. Because, like, you don't realize how much you touch your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, my brother did it. He paid him $100. Wow. Good for us. I can do it, man. I was was about about to say, like,
4: did your brother sit on his hands to guarantee it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was a great. Much. That was a great aside. <laughs> it was a really
1: good
2: story.
0: It's interesting yeah. though.
1: Anyway, yeah, it is interesting. Go ahead, it's interesting.
2: Um, <clears throat> uh, Coming back to you, you were saying about your mother and mm-hmm. how she she was teaching you these ways to take care of your skin, but trying to uh, give you the the you know the the teachings that that were based off of her upbringing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What did that look like? Um. I mean, was she was she was she basically telling you like hide hide yourself hide your skin hide your like or hide or your kids hi, hide, <laughs> your, hide, kids, your, hide wife. your wife yeah. <laughs> hide your kids.
4: Um, it was kind of a mixed message. I realize now, looking mm. at it as an adult. Growing up as a kid, it very much sounded like um, basically conform to survive because it was. She would tell me things like, "We have to work twice as hard to look half as good as most people." Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, things that are attached to my skin, like my gums or my hair obviously are affected by this as well. And so it would, it, she would fuss about my hair all the time. Oh, it looks like a rat's nest. You know, people are not going to take you seriously. They're going to think you're dirty. They're going to think that you're unclean. Um, there were <clears throat> endless bullies. That's just a given, but, um, I remember because it seems to echo through generations where there's going to be one person who's going to look at either me or my mother and ask why we were so irresponsible because (laughs) um, for me it was in ninth grade uh, when we were talking about uh, genetic defects and a kid in my class, I turned around as if this was a perfectly legitimate thing to ask and they said, wait a minute, your mom has this disorder? Yeah, and she knew about it? Yeah wow, why was she so irresponsible to have two children then? If Whoa. she was going to risk having it, like, if she knew you had it, why didn't she abort you?
2: Whoa, that's an Whoa. aggressive thing to say.
4: Yeah, and of course my teacher just was uh, useless, and I kind of stood there nonplussed for a second, and I was just kind of like, because the science wasn't good enough back then? But then afterwards I went home completely and utterly destroyed, and I went to my mom, and I was just like, I asked her the same question, as that, Mom, if you knew it was such a risk... Why Why didn't you abort me? And the first thing she did was laugh and then say, there was never a moment in my mind where I didn't want you or Chris. I wanted you with every fiber of mm. my being, regardless of what of course. would happen.
3: Of course.
4: Mm. And for my mother, it was when she was pregnant with my brother about six months in, her obstetrician basically... Uh, came back and put the fear of God in her and said, how could you do this? You know you have this disorder. You could give it to your son and he could be totally screwed up and he could be worse than you. And when my brother was born, she marched back in, shoved the baby in his face and said, see any problems, doc? Mm-hmm. And never went to him again. Yeah, right. <laughs> see,
2: that, that kind of blows my mind that that's like the the mindset of of people. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, I get that it's um, skin conditions are are really tough. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I had, I had really severe cystic acne when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and it was it fucking, it, it really took a toll on me in terms of like my social life and my Mm -hmm. upbringing. But also, uh, I feel pretty, pretty looking back on it now, I feel like, uh, I got through that well and I came out on the other end, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty, pretty okay in Mm -hmm. terms of how I feel generally day to day now, you know what I mean? It's like, it didn't, it didn't like, it didn't take, it didn't, uh, it didn't affect me in a way that will negatively affect me for the rest of my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't assume this about you, but it's <laughs> you. How old are you?
4: Uh, I am 28 turning 29.
2: Okay. So 29 years old and you seem like you're doing all right too. You know, <laughs> like you, 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 seem, you don't seem like this has taken you and, has fucking devastated you to, to to some degree that you are unable to function out in society. Like you're able to come to our hotel room and sit down and have like a really engaging and fun and and light conversation with three fucking strangers in a hotel room. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if you can do that, you're doing all right. And I feel I I this this idea that like bringing someone into the world who might have a particular condition Mm -hmm. being like some psychotic decision, (laughs) uh, that is fucking
1: stupid. That, that
2: understatement of of the
4: century, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, It it really, (laughs) really is.
1: Here's a, here's a, here's a question and, and which I think is really, is, is really great. And because of your interest in, uh, genetics, Mm -hmm. how, what's your, what's your take on, on things like, on things like CRISPR, and being able to and I, you know I don't I don't know exactly where it is and what the capabilities are of it but in theory that you know you could go in and take something in take or take something out or put something in and and you know something that we come come to a lot on the show is you know if you could if you could trade it in would you
3: mm. a
1: lot of times the answer is no because of the things that the things that um you know, a, a, a disorder or disease gives to somebody, how it, how it, how it shapes them in, in a lot of ways and how it, how it contributes to the person that they are. That's not always the case. That's not always the answer. What's your kind of, what's your, what's your take on that? And if you could, if you could, if you could take it away or things like, or things like CRISPR that, that could potentially in the future do that for people.
4: Um, my take on that, uh, as I've been following CRISPR rather closely and also, um, the first organization, which was the foundations for foundation for ichthyosis and other skin condition types. Thanks. I I screwed it up somewhere. Um, but basically, uh, in terms of altering a genetic code, that's already three trillion cells in, it's a fascinating concept to me. And they've already started experimenting with topical vectors where, um, they've, the tried subjects where they've put in like a small test area and it seemed to have altered and improved the skin. Um, for me personally, I know that, and I've spoken to my partner at length about this, is that if we ever decide to have children, it ends with me. Um, I don't want to give this to anyone else. I don't want the risk of it being worse because there. I was told that there was a scale for my disorder, oh. the worst being harlequin ichthyosis, where basically the sun could kill you. Oh, whoa. Whoa. You shed about one to two pounds of flesh per day.
2: Whoa. Whoa. Whoa! Holy fuck! Uh,
4: say that again, Harlan. Harlequin. Harlequin ichthyosis. Harlequin ichthyosis. It only affects about four percent of the human population right now, but
1: that seems even that seems like a lot.
4: It is, especially 4%. if there's nine billion of us yeah. on this planet right now. Oh
2: my lord! Yeah. Wow! Take a, if you're at home, take a moment, uh, prepare yourself, mm. but take a moment and look at the images of, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my, oh my God.
4: Are are, are you okay there, Jeremy? Are you all right? You you look like you've seen a ghost. Now
2: I get, now I get, when when you, when you first said, I don't know if I would, like, it ends here. I don't know if I would have a kid. I was like, oh, come on. But now I get it. I would, like, I I would also not want to subject any potential human.
4: I would agree. But when I say it ends here, I don't necessarily mean that I don't plan on having children. What I mean is, is that because genetic science has gotten so far, um, it is possible for my eggs to be screened. They have identified the gene that causes this. So I would basically take out those (sighs) eggs, donate them to science and be like, please have fun, figure out as much as you can. And the ones that don't have it, I would have, I would conceive with those.
1: Wow. That is amazing. Man, science. Mm-hmm. How crazy it's, is that? I mean, it just gets fucking more bonkers every
2: year. You know, we're we're, we're on a fast track to the future. I'll tell you that much.
4: <laughs> As we're not in the future right now, we're holding <laughs> miniature computers that respond I, to haptic touch. I
0: know, it's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Laura, Laura you, were, you were saying, I, I'm interested to, to go back to the, the uh, social challenges. Mm. Um, <laughs> you mentioned like this, this person in your class making that comment, but that wasn't necessarily like directly bullying. It was just something that, that was, you know, an, an uneducated comment that could, could be really hurtful. Right. Uh,
4: They had a history of bullying me in the past too. So so I didn't
0: put it past them. So, right. So um, I'm, so what other challenges did you face socially that were like direct experiences with people, Oh. You know, making comments about your
4: good Lordy, Lou. I, th- I think you need like a psychiatrist and a lounge for that one. Um, well, this, you can well, lay you down. No, no, This is, a this is a <laughs> so, <laughs> so. When did these problems first start? <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, you were going to have children who were going to look at me and be like, "Eh, it's disgusting." Their mm, recess was always a battlefield for me growing up. um it was usually just safer for me to be indoors. Um, I would have a sketchbook with me and I would just that, – that was my shield. That was my, my own time. That was my world I could be in. Um, kids would throw rocks at me. Uh, kids would run away from me and eventually it just became a, a concept of, well, if I'm going to be a monster, I guess I'm going to be a monster. I'd start chasing them and be like, ah, get away from me. Um, In high school, it definitely got more difficult because then it started to be a case of, oh, hey, hi, puberty, how's it going? Now I can have self-loathing come up to the surface now and look at myself and be like, well, I'm not going to shag me, so who the hell else would want to? Have
1: you seen any of Big Mouth?
4: I have, yes. And it it definitely was like that in certain aspects, especially where – Eighth grade, I had a huge crush on this kid, theater kid, looked absolutely fantastic in tights. And um, he... His
2: name was Nathan Fillion.
4: (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not going to say no in any capacity. Um, But I remember at one point he wanted to show me something and he took my hand as a way to be like, hey, come with me, like, let me guide you. And I always remember the part where he took my hand. And immediately recoiled right. out of shock, and right. I was just like, "Well, there goes my crush." <laughs> oh, now right. I know why they call it a crush. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: How um, did? How did? How did you? When was? So you sitting here now? Mm-hmm. There's there's a pretty obvious like, there's a pretty you 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 exude. Uh, you exude confidence and, God, it's and you're yeah. You're, yeah. You're, well I was gonna say, like,
2: is it is it false confidence or like because it's true, you do. Well, you I mean, you really come do. in,
1: you're very, you're you're very personable. Like the way that the way that you the way that you communicate, the way that you connect as soon as you came in here. We're hmm. you know, we're telling stories, we're laughing, we're joking around. It it seems it seems like a very improbable outcome for somebody who faces that degree of challenge socially with a condition that's very visual Mm. when was there a turning point or how or 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 is it an act (laughs) like like how how do you how do you how does how does this become how you how you are going through all that
4: it was a combination of a coping mechanism, very much like gallows or self-deprecating humor growing up in mm. middle school. But then I remember um, I had a bit of, a, uh, of another epiphany, so many epiphanies at a young age. Um, my mother gave me the gift of storytelling. Um, I, as I was telling uh, Ryan in the elevator was that um, my mother used to go to the Metropolitan all the time, uh, for like Saturday, she would leave me and my brother with dad and she would have like a mom's day out. Mm -hmm. And I would tell her, and one time she said that I came up to her. I was maybe four years old and I was like, mom, take me with you. Well, honey, I'm going to be looking at a lot of pictures. There's not going to be kids. I know, I know. Take me with you. All right, we'll do an experiment. I'll take you this once. But if we have to leave, if we have to stop, if we have to get lunch, if you're hungry, if if you're
2: holding me back, if
4: you're holding me back, we're going home. We're never doing this again. And I made her eat her words. I was the happiest kid. I, I don't know how clams could be happy, but I was happier than them. <laughs> and I was just running yeah, around. Never gotten that. Where, yeah, where the fuck either? does that come from? I have from? no idea either. Yeah. If I had to guess, maybe C.S. Lewis um, or Lewis Carroll, one of those. Mm. But uh, I remember just pointing at objects and being like, what's this? What's that? And my mother would tell me the stories behind them because it would often depict Greek mythology or Roman mythology, Chinese, all all over the place. She discovered a lot of new artifacts because my gaze was at four feet and hers was at like five, six. Mm -hmm. So she never looked down. And Mm -hmm. I'd always be like, what's this? Um, And from there, she just kept on telling me story after story after story. She gave me books. She gave me sketches books like she is the reason that I am the, the core of what I am today. Mm. And I learned that, you know, they say that, you know, the oldest profession in the world is prostitution. Wrong. The oldest pro- the oldest profession in the world is actually storytelling because prostitutions was a service that demanded payment. Stories was just a way to get by. Right. <laughs> so I've always felt that it was a very powerful vocation to be a storyteller because you had the ability to bring people together, to share in a common emotion, to help them understand things they didn't understand.
2: Mm -hmm. and That's the whole, that's the fucking, that's this podcast in an elevator pitch. Now, there you go. That's it. That's exactly (laughs) why we're doing this with you.
4: And for me, the turning point for me, um, because there were times where I'd just be like, you know, it's the usual, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my mother? When I learned genetics, I said, oh, now I know why it happened to me because it was just a roll of the genetic dice and 16 Mm. possible combinations and, oh, howdy hum, here I am. But um, I decided that I had two options. I either could become the monster that everybody saw me as, or I could be the person for other people that wasn't there for them. Mm. So I was always the kid that befriended the the weirdos, the outcasts, the strange ones, Um I remember there was a – I might have been like eight or nine years old and I was in a Barnes & Noble with my mother and there was a girl who was sitting there reading all by herself. All the other kids were in like one corner somewhere. She was reading by herself and I never noticed because um, from her elbow down, she didn't have a hand, like nothing. She just – her arm ended right there with like a small nub. It Mm -hmm. was just – that was the way she was born but I didn't care. I asked, you know do you want me to hold the pages? Do you want me to turn them for you? Just it never occurred to me because it's just like, well, this is my normal that's your normal, but we're both human
0: mm-hmm. wow it's so incredible that you like came across it so naturally because that's I think something that um I learned through the course of doing this podcast was was that my perspective on life isn't the same as somebody else's, and my yeah. normal isn't the same as somebody else but mm-hmm. that came it came during a conversation with somebody who was born without um uh, arms and shorter legs, and mm-hmm. and uh, and she kept saying like, "Oh, well, I just go rollerblading." And we're like, "How do you go rollerblading? How do you go she's rollerblading like, with no I legs?" And she's <laughs> like,
2: "I just fucking slide them onto what <laughs> I have, and I go." And and, we're like, and that it, doesn't make sense. And only in listening <laughs> back to that conversation, sense. you just you
4: need this shaped do. foot to ride. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, but yeah, only in listening best. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. It was only in listening <laughs> back to that conversation <laughs> that I that I was like, "Oh fuck, like." Of course, of course. If that's <laughs> all you know. Yeah. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, but yeah. but for you, it was so like that seems like something so natural. And it, do you think that's
4: that comes from from being born with the skin condition? Um, I would say yes. It's probably oh. the biggest reason why I wouldn't actually trade this disorder in. It's it's kind of like. It's that annoying roommate that you know you need because they need to pay rent with, and at the same time, it's just like, ugh, I hate you sometimes. But for the gifts it gave me, um, I would not trade them. Right. I would not trade them for storytelling. I would not trade them for the empathy it gave me, the compassion it gave me. I would not trade it for the curiosity it gave me. Um, I would not trade it. For the joy in people's face, I find whenever I crack a really terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's a
2: ha-ha-ha. Crack, crack a joke. Crack get a it? Joke. Yeah, uh, uh, guys, if you were wondering, this is a great little piece of trivia. The phrase most likely started as the longer phrase, happy as a clam at high tide. and was popularized in the 19th century, particularly in the northeastern United States. Clams can only really be dug up by humans when the tide is low. Mm-hmm. So in high water, they're almost impossible to find. So. Happier
1: than okay. Well, you know what? I'm really happy that you found that. (laughs) That was (laughs) that was Laura. That was a perfect example of 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 going back to that earlier part, like trading the trading it in Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, Because I I was having this conversation last night with a woman Mm -hmm. about how how as we as we grow up, we we we're kind of this um, we're kind of this. This blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And as you as you grow up, you start going, you know, I am I am this and I am that and I am whatever. I mean, just just you start. Are you you saying you
4: had a group phase?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) You start linking yourself to all these little things. I am whatever, the sports you play, or the friends you have, or the, you know, the the interests, the art, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and at, at a certain point, you start saying yes or no, or feeling a certain way about things based on whether they fit into these kind of Categories and boxes that you've kind of filtered yourself into mm-hmm. and and going up to somebody like who has uh who was born with an arm that is only the length of their uh, down to their elbow and has a nub on it, we oftentimes will filter ourselves as well that's I am not in that category, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to t- talk to that person because that is a barrier between us that, that I I, cannot can't wrap get, my head I can't get yeah. over it yeah. And mm-hmm. and so, like we don't associate with each other because I don't know how to go there. Yeah. But it's so not defining, but it informs you. And this is something we come back to on the show all the time. It's like, you're, you are not your disorder, but it informs who you are in a lot of different ways. <laughs> it informs the way that you can go up to somebody with a noticeable, um, a noticeable problem or issue, mm. and have a normal conversation with them. Because they are not that. It is a part of them. It informs what they it informs them to a degree, probably to a degree that's really helpful. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And and but but we but we often see it as this as this this barrier, this this wall that we can't mm-hmm. go over. And it's it's really fascinating. And it's I just I just loved that because I was going, yes, exactly. Because you wouldn't <laughs> trade it in, because it it allowed you to be that person, allowed you to be Ooh. that person with the empathy.
4: I think it also is that, especially in children, my personal belief is is that children are taught to hate. They're taught to look at different things with fear and misunderstanding rather than embracing it and trying to understand it. Um... Because these days when I have kids coming up to me and they look at me, they're like, Whoa, are you a dragon? Is this armor? And it's like, I might be a dragon after I eat a sriracha pepper. But yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but and and even with adults these days, I'll they'll look at my skin and they'll be like, you know, oh, my sister has eczema or psoriasis. Have you tried tree tea oil and coconut and this, that? Whatever they have to recommend, I'm always happy to have a conversation with them because more often than not I have found that it's an in for a conversation rather than an out for a conversation, which makes no sense to me why it would be an out because it's just, we're all people. We're just slightly different, but Mm -hmm. we're still all people. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you mean that, do you mean that in the way that you, you, you could probably easily go, Nope, try it. It doesn't work.
4: Oh yeah. I've done that before.
1: just shut it and just shut it down rather than go, Hey, you know what? Um, yeah, like interesting thought and, and start and have it, have it be, have it be a, a fire starter rather than a, yeah. a bucket of water?
4: Um, honestly, I have shut people down sometimes when they're like, well, oh, have you tried this? It's like, yeah, it hasn't really quite worked for me, but I have tried I have tried this and I have done that. Mm-hmm. So I usually don't just you know, that's an end of conversation. I often will return with, here are my findings and mm-hmm. here's what I've gotten mm-hmm. because I don't want to shut down a conversation at all because the last time a conversation about my skin that got shut down, it was with my new dermatologist, not the one mm-hmm. I currently have. Dr. Gratch, you're fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I my old dermatologist retired so she was like here i recommend this new one and she was literally just factory belt kind of dermatologist of you know okay look you over poke you a little bit okay you're fine and it's like clearly no yeah, clearly i don't have no. normal skin yeah. and when i told her about it she was like well you probably know more about it than i do and it's like you're not even gonna bother doing a fucking google search you bother to do a fucking google search no she couldn't be ours the
1: doctor said you probably know more about it than i do
4: yep and I was like, okay, uh, let's... And you had
1: to pay specialty. for that visit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I had to pay for somebody to be like, oh, I'm not interested. And, oh, I was <sighs> so infuriated. And Which
1: it's an interesting segue because we haven't <laughs> touched on it yet. Oh and God, I don't even want to. I hate fucking. Talk. I I honestly do hate talking Dude, about it. I think I think we're we're, Sorry, we're the, the we're, mammoth
4: yeah. in the room. We're yeah. never
1: we're never in the U.S. <laughs> and we've we're, what, we've been we've been chatting for fo- almost forty five minutes from now. So I can gra- I pat ourselves on the back for not for not talking about it yet. <laughs> but it yeah. was we just, inevitable. We don't have
0: to spend that much. No, time no, on it. we don't. Have to spend, <laughs> we don't have to spend
1: much time right. on it at all. But we're. But I, I will
4: spare you the harm. Let's get to it. But we're, in the, we're in the we're
0: in the we're in the
1: U.S. It's a it's a much different system here. If I go to the doctor. To, uh, there's 30 million people behind me that go, "Hey, we'll all chip in for this."
4: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not the case here in the U.S. What has that been like?
4: Um, Is that
1: I know that I, and I should preface this by going in the past when we've had U.S. Um, American uh, guests on the show. Mm-hmm. Some, m- most of the time, I've brought it up or someone's brought it up, and it's been, you know, what I I, I, I was really lucky, you know, insurance plan you know, from my parents' work or whatever it was. Mm. And then that was the end of it. But what has that been with you?
4: Uh, funny enough, that only applies to up until I was about 26 years old because that's when you were basically the end of the grandfathering and of your parents' plan mm-hmm. happened. So right. it's like, well, you're on your own.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and because the country, this country believes that I don't earn basically anything i kind of am on the lowest tier in terms of earning echelon so i basically have your version of healthcare. care i'm on medicaid
1: oh
2: okay
4: so i don't have to really pay for any of my medications outside of like maybe two or three bucks at a time um specialists uh i have just have to get referrals from my doctor but he's usually very good about that because he's basically all about let's deal with the whole problem instead of just being like mm-hmm, yeah nope you're just pretending nope you're just faking
1: you know, see and the reason that I wanted that I wanted that I wanted to touch on it even just for a sec is because I know that we have you know a, a lot of our listenership is Canadian and I'm sure that as soon as we said hey we're in the US and we're, we're you know we're in New York we're talking to somebody from New York a lot of people are going oh man it would suck to be an American having to pay for all this Ooh. but now that we've got it gotten it out of the way and you go oh I'm on Medicaid it's actually it's actually pretty affordable. It helps me with this. this in this state,
4: anyways, it's state Medicaid because that's where you get down into like silly nitty gritties. And so sometimes depending on your state, whether or not they expanded the program, you could be <laughs> if, fine or you could be mm-hmm. up a creek without a certain implement.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so different across the the entire country. And it, I mean, it's different across our country, too. In, mm-hmm. in, and yeah small ways. Well, but, you've dealt but, with,
1: you dealt with that when you yeah, went to, when you went to went BC, to BC. Yeah, mm. and you had to come home more or less because
4: you just couldn't yeah. afford the, the, the ship.
2: Yeah. Or I just didn't want to go from paying zero to paying, you know, a significant amount per year.
4: Right. You didn't want to feel like an American. Uh, yeah, <laughs> damn
2: right. I didn't yeah. Know. Um, that's okay. I, that's okay. I, I, I forgive you. I do want to come back to something that you said earlier mm-hmm. that we sort of glossed over, but you're so obviously your, your skin's affected, but you said your gums and your hair, um, uh, how are your gums affected? Like, what is that? Um, I'm like, do your eyes get really dry too? Or, or is it, uh, is it more so just like the skin? Of it's the, the
4: skin itself. Thankfully, my eyeballs themselves are pretty well lubricated if I don't say so myself. Um, <laughs> but with things like my gums, because it's the connective tissue that connects to my skin, mm. oftentimes it's not very protective. They're weaker. So they bleed more when I brush my teeth. Um, they're a hell of a lot more sensitive. So when I floss, it's like, I just want to die. Mm. Um, that's, that's
0: the song.
4: That's that's, so that's what you mix. sing. You're all, ah, ah, <laughs> ah,
0: it could be a Mary Poppins thing. Too.
4: A, I feel like dying today. Yeah. Um, it also, I'm much more prone to cavities because of it as well, which is so much fun. Um, oh, that's
1: interesting. Well, but is. That's on the tooth, right?
4: It's the enamel on the tooth itself, but because it's also connected to the d- gums, a lot of time if you don't get stuff out from underneath the gums or infection that's hiding in the gums, uh, it's just kind of like, okay. hey, this looks like a great spot to screw you over. I'm just going to sit right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that also, my hair tends to dry out very, very quickly. So things like split ends, um, because I'm so over-characterized, my nails are also very brittle, so they break all the time. They're not oh, very wow. strong. Um so oftentimes when people are like why don't you grow your nails out I'm like that's why
3: yeah wow.
4: um and also as just per the package of this skin disorder um everything on me is basically hypersensitive so um in terms of heat, cold, pain, there's, I, um, there's a difference between tolerance and threshold when it comes to pain. I don't know if you know the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no threshold whatsoever. Everything just hurts instantly, whether it's I stubbed my toe, I fell down the staircase, you know, a paper clip or a paper cut or something like that. Doesn't matter. Instantly, I'm just like, ah, it's a number eight.
0: Can, sorry, can you, can you define uh, tolerance and threshold?
4: So uh, basically uh, pain threshold is the part where it actually starts to hurt. So somebody could be like pinching you and as they slowly increase pressure, you'd be like, nah, mm, whatever, I can deal with it, I can deal with it. And then suddenly there's a point where it crosses over and you're like, ah, okay, suddenly it hurts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tolerance is basically how much pain can you take before you're like, nah, I got to tap out, where you're just like, oh, God, this hurts. This hurts a lot. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. we got to stop right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Man, I went through that the, 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 recently when I got a, I got a t- t- tattoo on my sternum.
4: Why did you do that?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Ow. And uh, partway through, my as he was doing weak. it, I was in my head, I was going, Yes. What would happen if I just told him to stop? <laughs> uh, what if we just stop right now?
4: Would <laughs> I he's going to give it? you a look. How bad would it be? Would
2: I regret it? It was fucking, it, that was my, I think that was my, my, threshold right Mm. there like that was it that was my. i'm
1: finding it kind of uh i'm finding this this concept kind of fascinating because because that that your your physical your lack of a of a physical tolerance for for pain Mm -hmm. it it is just kind of going back sort of back to you know when we were talking about you know how how do you how do you become this this uh this like very personable and confident and the type of person when you went through all this stuff in school with your condition. Mm-hmm. But uh, that there is no there is no tolerance for pain, but... but Well, there's, no, thre- for, there's
4: uh, no threshold for pain. Tolerance, uh, I... Mm, you learn to endure a lot, especially when uh, things like falling down Sagmore Hill when checking out Teddy Roosevelt's estate, you're like, hey, this is great. Right, yeah. And then you hit a tree, and then you're like, oh, my entire <laughs> knee has been skinned open.
1: But mentally mentally there seems there mentally there's a there's a there's a strength there's a strength there that's very that's very resilient
4: yeah, it's it's kind of been like well, I I physically suck, so I'm gonna have to dump all my stat points into things like you know intelligence, wisdom, charisma. My dexterity is okay, my con not so much. But <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna get you to roll
2: on that. I don't,
4: yeah. <laughs> Careful, my rolls are pretty good. I can usually do an average fifteen. Um, but it, it's Dungeons
2: and Dragons, Taylor. You wouldn't get it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's nerd talk. Let yeah. the adults talk. Yeah. I've, I've,
1: never, I've never played D and D. Brian listens Shame. to a podcast.
2: Yeah. It,
0: you would you would love it,
2: dude. We have a fucking sick campaign on the go right now back home, and some crazy shit went down last time we played. Did oh, it involve dude. an
4: airship and dropping it on a dragon's head?
2: No, Brian <clears throat> cut one of the like you can key do that. NPC, yes, one of the key like you know NPC characters heads off and we were like fuck brian
1: yeah what so now NPC, i have no idea what's NPCs happen. are pretty much my favorite <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay you want to bust out a wad later or I, I think my,
1: i think maybe my am is <laughs> coming up
2: later today <laughs> i gotta do it
0: guys come on can we wrap this up i gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> i do i do have
2: a question though uh, yeah. uh
0: laura are you a picker
2: hmm? are you a picker um because because I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> and i am just like Aching to pick <laughs> your elbow. Like I wanna fucking I wanna pick your shit off. Me too.
1: Me too. A, <laughs> Brian just didn't
2: want <laughs> to say anything.
4: No, but you're only gonna say it now because it's socially acceptable to say it. You didn't yeah, want to yeah, be the first one over yeah, the
2: hill. Yeah. That's Me, okay. I'm a picker and it looks just so satisfying. <laughs> like a, do you do you pick? <laughs> just,
4: I'm just sitting here being like, this is the moment where we all regress back to our like bonobo stages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's And the other reason I laugh is because, uh, yes, I am to a certain extent because mm. sometimes my skin, the ones that have separated from the lower layers are ready to come off. It won't hurt. But the nice. ones that are not ready to come off, it's like, ow, 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 stop.
3: Right. Um, mm.
4: But it's funny you mention that because my <laughs> My partner um, has ADD and ADHD, so he's a fidgeter by nature. Mm. So oftentimes, what <laughs> really happens is that some nights we'll be like sitting watching a show, or I'll be I'll be knitting or something like that, and I'll notice a spot, and I'll be like, "Oh, hey, love, you want to take care of that?" And he dives right. In. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like great, two birds, one stone. I get to you know get myself groomed, and he can deal with his fidgety energy. I
2: love getting picked, man. Yeah, I was it's, it I was, was in, a in fucking uh, favorite. I was
1: in class the other day, and I was talking before I a yoga class that I was teaching, and I. And I, before we started, I was chatting with everybody, and I didn't realize that I was doing it. But I had a little scab on my oh, on my no. shin, and I was and I was and I was I was picking at it. I think while I was talking. Oh god, but, dude! But there's
2: a time and a place. Well, I didn't. Fucking well, it was totally. It was. It was totally. It could have been his
4: nose. It yeah. was totally subconscious.
2: Oh, he picks his nose. <laughs> doesn't fucking matter where he is. No,
1: I'm, pretty, I'm kind of selective You about do it. not give a shit where well, you I mean, pick a, your if nose. If I'm in public and and with a lot of people that I not, don't know. No, and no, no, I no, care.
2: Not only do you pick your nose, you're in the middle of picking it. You take your finger out, you look at it, and you go, you go, click, click, click. and then and then you go back to flick, excavating, flick, flick. dude. You're like you are everything about you and your fucking process makes me sick. Dude, this guy, this guy, yesterday, he's like, I was, I was like, do you have nail clippers? He's like, yeah, I got some here. I'm gonna use them first. He just stands in the middle of the fucking hotel room and just click and nails flying. I'm going, dude. The least you could do. I'm just it's, gonna. I. What's really funny
1: is he does that in airports. Oh dude. no. Oh, I'm just going to. I'm just going to let everybody decide how much of that they'd like to believe. Uh, they oh, should believe, they should believe every <laughs> fucking yeah. word. You you can just sit there and go. I'm just gonna just be discerning for a moment, and I'm gonna just gonna pick oh, from yeah. this and
2: that. You and know, say, Taylor, our Instagram has something coming. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking wait till the next time t- I catch you,
4: Taylor. I hate to say this, especially in a room of majority nerds, but you're gonna have to roll bluff on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh is this God. a and d thing? <laughs> yes, you
1: know, It's a crossover. You also have like a
0: minus four modifier. <laughs> on that too, so.
1: yeah. Oh, man. Minus four modifiers are like, man. It's instant death, basically. Uh, I, I, I hate them. I hate minus four modifiers. I
4: can, t- I can tell your 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 passion for them is just bottomless. I, 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 I I'm
1: literally them. bleeding uh, <laughs> minus four uh, modifiers. Back to the thing,
0: though. I don't mind being picked <laughs> at either, but, uh, but... Back to the thing. Uh, uh, you, know
4: <laughs> uh, you like being picked at, apparently. <laughs> you like picking on him. But, That's a little but different. But Maddie
0: sometimes will take tweezers to my chest hairs, dude. Yes, yes, oh my yes. god. <laughs> It's the worst. Oh yes. uh, uh, yeah, man! Pulling
2: out pluck she, every hair off me. She I love finds it satisfying.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, man, I, I don't like it. Oh, uh,
2: Tell Maddie. To, then tell why Maddie, are you
0: letting her do it? She finds it satisfying.
2: Maddie,
1: plucking your chest hair out.
2: Maddie, next <laughs> time you're, the you're in Halifax, <laughs> no, hey Maddie, don't listen to this. Next it. time you're in Halifax, no. Maddie, you come to me. No, I'll fucking give you hairs. You can pluck all. I got this long one on my shoulder. Needs plucking every three months. You fucking come find me, girl.
4: Just be careful. He might have a bottle of Rogaine hiding somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs>
2: Dusting my shoulder <laughs> with the Sick Boy Podcast, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors.
1: Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms.
4: Because you had had asked before about picking or whatnot, and it led me... Um, to a, another thought in terms of like social and uh, cultural behaviors. Um, I am absolutely basically neurotic about uh, my presence in a room that's not mine, or I'm not familiar or comfortable with, because I do shed a lot. Yeah, I can
2: see it on your on um, your uh, thigh. Yep, earlier. that's
4: all me. Yeah. Um. So basically, whenever and thank
2: you for wiping it all over the table floor. What the <laughs> oh, <okay>. fuck? <laughs> Come on, guys. Hey, 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 hey you're hey, my you're you me- my people. You're my people. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just
3: Take that.
1: flick it anywhere. <laughs> you
4: can call it. Pi- you can Be call it pixie free. dust. Be free. There, now you're fabulous. Um, oh man. But I mean, technically, also humans on just a normal standard, you guys do shed, but it's like such yeah. an infinitesimal amount, it's never noticeable. Mm, right. I am noticeable, so it's the difference between like you know cupcake confetti and sheets of printer paper. <laughs> um, so whenever I'm doing things like using a communal shower or a bathroom that's not mine, or even staying at a room or a house that's not mine, um, if there's a vacuum cleaner, I will immediately just like grab it and start vacuuming up and just oh, being wow. like, ah, oh, just hide all my skin. Um, or if um, because of my hair as well. Um, a lot of my hair tends to fall out whenever I brush my hair in the shower. Right. But um, it it seems to grow back quick enough where I don't have, you know, massive bald patches. Yeah. Um, But I will basically just like copiously make sure that every single hair that has come off of my body is all collected in this giant tribble looking thing and thrown in the garbage. Because um, when I was in college and this kind of like amped up my hyper vigilance about my skin, when I'm in areas unfamiliar to me, when I was in college, I was taking apart my bed because IKEA furniture is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was undoing the slots on the side and uh, my friend was helping me out. Now, he had done a stint at um, the Cancer Institute. He had actually worked with Henle cells, which are basically cancer cells that exist outside of a host, which is unheard of. But it's where most of your cancer research comes from is because that's the, the playground that they work with. Um, he worked there at an internship. And so he was exposed to all these kinds of things. And as we're undoing the slots on my board, the side slot pops out and this fine dust just goes, Whoa. and it was a year's worth of skin that had just accumulated in that slot. Whoa.
3: Whoa.
4: Now, Dude. now for me, I'm unfazed because that's just my life. That's my normal. But, uh, my friend just basically decided to drop the tools on the floor and say, I'm done, and walk out. And I shouted at him, you worked at the Cancer Institute, are you kidding me?
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
4: And so from then on, I was just kind of like, make sure there's no evidence. It also didn't help that I watched Gattaca a year later, but I was like, make sure no skin anywhere, no hair, no nothing. Have you invested in
1: like a a kick-ass dust buster?
4: Ah, uh, definitely. My partner and I are looking at new Dyson models, the ones that are usually designed for like animal hair, <laughs> because right. those are the only things strong enough to get all the little fibers of mm-hmm. me that tend to sneak in. My girlfriend Guy- just
2: got a Roomba, and man, those are cool. <laughs> they very are cool. completely
4: useless think, for my skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I
1: think Dyson. Dyson is at the. They're they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. at the forefront of the vacuum game.
0: Guys, I want to. I want to bring. They this, truly suck. Um, I want to bring this full. <laughs> that
1: should be their slogan. <laughs>
0: Cool. <laughs> I want to bring this full circle from the beginning. Um, uh, why do you have a cane? Oh, yeah. We never got, it, yeah, we never
4: got into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, Back so the to first the very thing beginning. that we talked about. Good job, Brian. Curses. I thought I could get away with it. Um, the cane is honestly, like I said, a, a recent development because one of the big things that I um, I detracted away from my mother's teachings was basically the whole tough it out. Don't let them see your weakness. Don't let them see that the skin bothers you. Don't let it define you. Um, and I've come to realize that how it defines me is different than the way it defined her. And we Mm -hmm. have like 30 years of experience in between us to change that perspective. So, um, at the behest of my partner, because what he would see is, is that, um, because I live out on Long Island, uh, it's about an hour train ride usually from where I lived. He would see me come home hobbling because um, depending on the shoes that I wore, and it could just be stuff that I've worn normally, um, there would just be massive blisters all over my skin. Oh, wow, and great. the way that blisters work on my skin is that they hide underneath the shitty skin. So it just uh, it distends everything, makes ooh. it really painful, and once again, no threshold. Ooh. So there have been times where he has seen me – just out in the city, um, we have to go, like, three blocks somewhere. It will literally take me 45 minutes to walk three blocks because I'm just going, ha, he, ha, hu and, like, making awkward faces and awkward sounds and hobbling and looking as if, like, I've got rocks in my shoes.
2: Yeah, or, like, walking on coals.
4: Mm. So in the last year, he basically said, um, you know, you kind of do qualify for, like, some handicapped help. And I'm sitting here and it was a question of what I was brought up with and a question of pride where it was like, no, I'm fine. I can do it by myself. And then I'd come home and I'd be like peeling over here or my bra lines would be absolutely terrible because bras are a nightmare um, just in general. But they're even more of a nightmare on me because Mm -hmm. the skin tries to compensate for that. And then it just peels and flakes and hooks and it's all Mm -hmm. sorts Mm -hmm. of fun. Mm Um, and so, uh, he would just see me literally just like hissing and struggling to get this stupid thing off. And then he would just see these red lines or blisters. He would see, um, sometimes cuts or a, a blister might have burst and it was just painful everywhere. Um, And then I was out for the count for like two days. I couldn't move. It hurt to put on clothes. It was just like, nah, I'm I'm not doing anything. Mm. I'm staying under this fleece blanket and I'm going in the bathtub. Those are the only two places I'm going and occasionally the bathroom. Um, So the cane is kind of a security for me uh, when I'm in the city or when I'm traveling uh, a long distance or I know I'm going to be walking for a good portion of the day. Cause otherwise, what'll happen is is that I have nothing to really balance myself with, or something to pull myself up with, and so in the end, I'm just kind of doing this weird looking dance, trying to get to the subway, being like, "Wait for me!" as it's already going to the next station. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So, so it's like a support. It's a support so that you don't have to. You you, when you're when you're doing when you have long excursions, like you Mm -hmm. do, the result of that repeated walking. Sitting at sit, sitting down, getting up, whatever the friction is that's on the, your feet or whatever, that you just don't have to put as as much pressure on those on those places as you go through your day. Yeah, okay. but
0: also it, it is it uh, it sounds like you're saying that it's symbolic in a sense that like hey I I I live with an illness and and is that what you're saying by Isn't that's what I heard in the, the beginning, town? but then it went somewhere else.
4: Um. In a sense, I guess it also can be considered symbolic because of the fact that I have accepted that I don't have to soldier on all the time. Mm. And uh, it was interesting because when I applied for my handicap permit, I was prepared to fight. I was prepared to you know, basically be like, you think I'm kidding? Mm. Um, and they were just like, blah, 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 blah. Here's the doctor's no, 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 stamp, stamp. Here you go. And I was like, that was easy. And my biggest fear actually was talking to my mother about this because of the background she gave me with mm. this. And of course, when I finally got around to telling her that, um, cause I grabbed my, uh, handicap parking permit and I grabbed my cane and, and she finally was just like, all right, so what, all, what is all this stuff? And it's like, ah, well, yeah, that. And when I told her about it, the lecture I was expecting to hear was, well, you know, just, you know, I don't want people to think that you're mooching off the state or anything like that. And, you know, people are going to be very rude. And it's like, actually, no, people have been very nice about like giving up their subway seats if they see me get on. Cause they're like, oh shit, here, sit down. Ooh. Um, and then of course. Two weeks later, we go to see uh, a movie, and as we're trying to find parking spot, she's looking around. She goes, so uh you wouldn't happen to have that handicapped parking permit on you, would you? <laughs> and I just went, you hypocrite. What was nah, this about? Not, not mooching off the state? Well, there's plenty of parking right here, and it's in the middle of the night. It... Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. Just remember, this is going to be immortalized <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah, this right. moment here. He's like, when in Rome? <laughs> That's really that was right. Basically, it. So it was just like at this point, it's I've learned that it is – it is okay to ask for help mm-hmm. because one of the other things that I learned from mm-hmm. my skin disorder was to be adaptable and to basically do it on your own. Because sure as hell, no one else is going to freaking help you. Dude,
0: those parking permits are so good. I remember when I would <laughs> when I'd go out with Brandon. Not be, in the
4: city, though. You cannot park on the streets in the city with it. They don't care.
0: Oh, really? Nope. Interesting. Um, when I would go out with Brandon, um, even like I would be driving his car, and and uh, and we just get to park in those. Spots and it's like i Like where's those? where's the parking and like <laughs> and I <remember> he parked <laughs> right in front of and and Toho. Um, mm-hmm. there's like some yeah. handicapped spots on that street there. that's only handicapped. <laughs> prime, it's like <laughs> it looks like your car is valeted in front of the place. Absolutely, it's crazy. yeah, it's it's amazing.
2: I, I should apply because I think I could probably you probably could. Could you? Oh, I think so.
0: Because
1: of like because of like oh well, if he has to walk.
4: It's like how how great is your um, lung capacity? Let's see how does no sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that would account. That yeah, would count. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. Because you know, if if you were on if you were on you know a very extreme end of 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 the you know, spectrum. If I was, yeah, yeah if I was. If you which w-
2: I'm currently right now, I'm not. I'm, you're I'm not. But if, you, well. but if you, but if you were,
1: then yeah. a long walk would could be. Oh, very, yeah. I, mean, very Jesus, I get
2: winded.
0: You know. Anyway, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's another. I was talking to. uh, (laughs) I was talking to uh, Tara Bork on the phone the other day. Oh yeah, and her lung capacity was eighteen percent, I think, when she had her second transplant, and it's ninety percent now. What were you talking Uh, about? Wow, ninety percent. Oh, nice. Cool.
1: How's she she doing with her new lungs? Really well.
0: She is a bubbly
2: little beast of a woman right now. (laughs) She's She's killing it. it. She really is. Yeah we got to get her on the fucking show. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so before we wrap this up then,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to ask you the question we ask everybody, or at least try to. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that, that your condition has taken away from you in your life?
4: Um, <coughs> probably spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a question of where I have to plan a lot of things out. Even though I'm really good at improvising on the fly if need be, um, there have been times where, uh, friends of mine will be like, Hey, I want to go on like a walking adventure where I want to walk from like the Brooklyn bridge all the way to like Ridgewood or something mm. like that, which is like a good four hour walk on foot. And especially in this weather, make it five. Yeah. Um, But I oftentimes will have to decline because it's just like, dude, I'm like peeling in places you don't want to know about. I Mm. can't even fucking do it. Or it's like, do I have the proper clothes to wear this? Do I have Mm. things that are going to prevent chafing? Are there going to be like, (laughs) did I put on enough cream so that I can actually move around and do shit? So I would say that the the thing that most has taken it from me is spontaneity and also uh, – a little bit scared about checking out some places that I've always wanted to check out because I'm just like, oh, man, if I get cut, I'm dead.
1: <laughs> uh, I, like traveling, you mean? Yeah. There yeah. have been like
4: places like Phuket and whatnot where I'm like, wow, I'd love to do that. And like I'd, I'd love to check out like rock climbing or jumping off into the oceans in uh, in Greece or whatnot. it would be like, I hit one rock and I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Open,
1: open wounds in some places are, are no-no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially if you get a bad bite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a real bad bite uh,
2: I, I, we might have already answered it throughout the entire conversation but mm. what would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you what did you uh, just flick there Jeremy? I think it was one of your fucking nails <laughs> I'm not even kidding I think it was a, it was a nail and it, it looked like it either
4: was that or it was probably a piece of me most likely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just sorry spreading the love
1: <laughs> sorry to interrupt you <laughs>
4: okay. how dare you sir um, definitely the thing that it has most given me is my ability to connect with people um, mm. regardless of their background, because <coughs> even if I don't know exactly um, the specific type of path they have walked, I can definitely walk beside them enough to know, all right, I know where you're coming from. I know mm. this feeling. Um, my best friend actually, we, uh, we had to come up with a code word because we would constantly be like, oh man, this thing sucks. And be like, yeah, dude, I know. And it's like, no, you don't know, dude. Yeah, I do know, dude. No, you don't. And then they'd have to give me a, a laundry list mm. of um, Uh, uh, of proof, basically, to say, no, I understand exactly where you're coming from emotionally and I can be there with you. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. So instead we would just come up with a code word, which was basically just banana. It's like banana just means, dude, I totally know where you're coming from. I totally know what's going on. I feel you. And it's like, oh, okay, that works. It just saved a lot of pointless
2: arguments. (laughs) Totally. That's awesome.
4: (laughs) Well, I I have to say, uh,
2: for our very first interview in New York... Uh, I am uh, so pleased because I think this is one of my my recent most favorite conversations we've had on the show.
4: Oh, uh, shucks. You're going to make me blush. You're,
2: you're absolutely. <laughs> is that going to hurt your skin? Is that gonna <laughs> you
4: no, last night was worse. Last night I just looked like a lobster. <laughs> uh,
2: but I truly mean that you're you're such a pleasure to talk to. And this was this was really fascinating. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming oh. in.
4: Thank you. It has been an honor and a pleasure as well.
2: And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back next week as we always are. In the meantime, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review and hit the subscribe button and tell all your friends and family to do the same thing because Christmas is coming. And actually, Christmas might have already passed. Mary, happy holidays, everyone! Thank you so much for uh, everything you did over the holidays, and and for all those subscribes and likes and and rate and reviews. Yes,
0: and
1: Valentine's it was really and great. All yeah. the things that yeah. are coming up,
0: I have no idea where and, we are in the in time. Right Taylor now. didn't didn't uh, Taylor didn't people make a New Year's resolution to do something this year?
1: Hmm. Uh, a New Year's resolution. I know that I've heard word on the street is that they're making a resolution to. Uh, Be a contributor to our Patreon, Uh, (laughs) and you know what? January is a great month to do it. Yep, you know, Mm -hmm. just like totally, totally getting on that, getting on that contribution train. Right, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. So everybody who has done that, uh, and who will do that, I very much appreciate you. And if you didn't, don't. There's, don't do it. There's the next.
2: There's the next year's version? There's always next year. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That wasn't so bad. There's always there. There is always next year. Unless you die. Unless you die. And then there's not. So get on it. Do it before you're dead. Yeah. Because we're all on our way there. Um, And uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, uh, (laughs) I'm confusing this one. Turn me on uh, (laughs) at (laughs) outro.
0: If you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email. Uh, yeah, you can send us an email, thing.
2: taylor at sickboypodcast.com.
0: You know All what? hate mail can go to that. And, <laughs> and you know what? Um, you know, we always we can't always go the places that we want to go. Laura, as you were saying, like you'd love to go to the, the uh, uh, Phuket, but like, you know, we can't be in a, a, a jungle right in this moment necessarily, but we can sound like we're in a jungle Ooh. because of the amazing sound design that Donovan, <laughs> the C, C Pat Morgan does on this on this podcast show. so I actually so it, really like that one. It, that was a good one. Right, it does sound like it we're does. in a jungle right oh. now. So, and, oh. oh, what was that? I think I hear what? the raindrops. I, I think I was a tiger? In-
4: I, 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 I don't know because, I mean, we had two bonobos over here who were curious about picking me like within an inch of my life. So, you know, yeah. if we're going to do this whole regression thing, yeah. like, let me now just be prepared. A,
1: I think I hear a tiger. The bonobos are having sex. It's a very, <laughs> it's it. It. A very interesting scene. That we're Where, in. Where's the traffic coming from? <laughs> oh, this is so bizarre. I'm going to run we're away from in the York. article. <laughs> really
0: giving Donovan a lot to work <laughs> on this one. Is that a Boeing 747 uh-huh. taking
4: off? Oh, crap. Is this uh, the set of
0: lost <laughs> Oh, John, we love you. Uh, and uh, uh, Take oh, Part did the theme music, and they're great. Take Part in this <laughs> stuff. bandcamp. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's uh, so funny. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm
2: Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy, and I'm Laura. And this is Sickly. <laughs>